Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia Fidel. Welcome back to the FemiPod. This is episode number 45. We are so excited to be here today to share our community stories. We know the power of this amazing community and we know the power of education. As we launch our game-changing education course, Femi Theory, built on female physiology, we thought what better way to talk you all through the importance of this education than our community of coaches and athletes themselves. So we are excited to introduce to you some of our team. Hi, my name's Grace. Um, I'm based in Melbourne and I've been running with Femi for about a year now and I love Femi. Femi's great. (laughs) I think the lack of education had brought around a lot of shame. Like I was quite athletic when I was a young kid and I was did every sport like underwater hockey, netball, swimming, AFL, soccer, tennis and then as I went through puberty I just completely dropped out because I wasn't as comfortable or as confident doing the things that made me happy and I swung towards music and I ended up studying classical guitar for like 11 years because I needed to put that energy somewhere and it wasn't until I was like 25 that I had the confidence again to revisit athleticism and it was because I had no idea and the people around me had no idea like there wasn't a conversation as to what my body was going through and the changes um and hormone levels and like just even just things like sweat like you know being expected to really physically exert yourself in an environment where there is an education or empowerment around women and I I I hated it so I just I think at that point in time obviously as a young younger girl I'm still young um (laughs) at that point in time it was more about the education of the support system around me that would have been more pivotal and then that would have been passed down to me. I think it's through education that we create power and change. We're in the age of information and for many topics, not knowing and staying ignorant is becoming unforgivable. I'm aware that I say that as well from a place of privilege because I have the means and the ability to learn and develop myself every day. But I believe that the impact of a women's cycle on a physiological performance is now falling into that category of unforgivable ignorance, particularly if you're a coach or if you have a woman's body under your leadership. We've seen that uprising, that reckoning of training to a women's cycle through TikTok and Instagram, and it's becoming really trendy. So the more and more coaches and people in leadership choose to not educate themselves, the less excuse they have. And I think a lot of the world doesn't want to know about the struggles of women in and out of our athleticism, not just in the world of athleticism, but also in the context of the rest of the wild world when we look at, you know, misogyny and the degradation of women, which is why we need to lean into the education we have available so we can support and create new opportunities for women and for people who want to learn, because that's then going to create change and perhaps start to influence the people who don't want to create change. I think the biggest the biggest thing that I've learned is that there's always something to take away from the run. And I think I, I learned this from the community because everybody is so diverse and brings different perspectives and you talk to different people 
and they each share what their version of good looks like. And so rather than you using your strong set of judgments as to this is good and this is bad and this is the right outcome and this is the wrong outcome, you start to look at the situation with all of the different perspectives that you're running with and all of a sudden your measuring stick changes because you're not just measuring success in one way. You know, what's fast for one person isn't fast for another. What's long for one person isn't for another. Some people are running for mental health. Some people are running for you know, for joy. Some people are running to connect with friends and have good conversations. So sometimes you have to look a bit harder because not every run is great and that's okay. Like you take that, you take the lesson of grit out of that run. Um, But I think there's always a silver lining to be found and you'll not only become a better runner, but you'll, you'll end up having a lot more successes to your name. That's what I've learned. So I'm Rachel. I live in Sydney. Um, obviously, from my accent, you can tell I'm from England. <laughs> um, so I've lived here for six years now. Um, I'm a Femi Run coach. I have been for the last year. Very lucky. And I also lead the Femi Run Club in Sydney and Manly. Um, so I started running from quite a young age. So my primary school was really into cross country. Like they got us out training, which I think was amazing. And you know, when we went to secondary school, the teachers were like, "Oh my goodness, you can tell which kids went to Trevon in school because that's where I went because they were all so sporty." Um, and I loved running, and it was just fun. But then it just started to sort of change slightly when I joined an athletics club, which was called the Oswestry Olympians. Um, my best friend was an amazing high jumper and she competed for uh, England. Um, so I kind of like ended up training with her, um, which was amazing. Like we were literally doing like circuit training, weight training, sprint sessions, hill sessions, like full on training, really young, like from like 12 to 16. So I was really embedded in this sort of world of athletics. But I never felt quite like I fitted in. Like I didn't feel like I didn't look like her. She was tall and lean and like almost like a model, very sort of complete, like no, no fat on her at all. And I was like a bit different. And I just never felt like a proper runner. And there, there were a few comments that were made by coaches around like when I got tonsillitis a couple of winters, I like lost quite a lot of weight. I was never big, I was just a normal girl and like I just got real skinny. And he was like, oh, you know, you're looking great. Like, you've got the skinniest legs now. And I remember feeling like really like, oh, okay, that's a good thing. So then at that point, I just kind of kept going. Um, And it actually started quite a disordered uh, journey for me of eating disorders, which is kind of, it continued on from there. Um, And I actually ended up with anorexia, like when I was sort of 14 years old, really young. And it was all sort of really tied into my running as well. So I would run to sort of burn calories and then I would starve myself and just, it was a really negative cycle. Um, So yeah, things, things did change after that. Like I went to uni and I feel like when I went to uni, I kind of like found myself again a bit. I had a new identity and I was still running, but I kind of got a bit of a better relationship with food and I started to sort of understand more around like nutrition and fueling my body but anytime something went wrong I would go straight back to losing weight so if I broke up with a a boy or like something negative happened in my life I'd straight away turn to like cutting the calories and I mean like 800 calories a day like really starving myself and I found that every time that I went into that state as well I was kind of encouraged by other people because it was like really lean um so yeah, it's it's a journey that's kind of always been with me. And um, I even when I lived in London, I was kind of on that sort of treadmill stressed lifestyle as well, where I'd literally, 
you know, run every morning and most lunch times I'd do HIIT training. I was constantly doing like high stress training on my body and being stressed at work, working in advertising, quite a stressful job. And I started to have like panic attacks. So yeah, in the end I decided like, right, okay, I need to get out of London. And that was part of my decision to move to Australia. So I moved to Australia, kind of trying to run away from my problems a little bit. And um, the lifestyle here is is different. And I continue to run and I, I love running because, you know, I've met all my best friends through running and I met you and I met Esther and it's amazing. But there is this like dark side to it where I've always kind of turned to it when I'm in a bad state and it's kind of, it's tied in with my relationship with food as well. And just on the menstrual side of things. So age 16, I actually hadn't got my period because I was so skinny. There was like, I just didn't get my cycle. So I went to the doctor and they were like, oh, you can go on the pill. That will bring, bring on your cycle. And I had a boyfriend as well. So I was like, he was like 21, I was 16. I'd never had a period. I was like, I better go on the pill. And they didn't, they put me on Yasmin. And I was never sort of informed of any of the side effects or anything. I just went on it and I was like, cool. And I stayed on it until like four years ago. Uh, so that was like maybe 12 years of being on the on the pill um, and having no natural cycle ever. And then I came off it and then I just didn't get a cycle. It took me two years to get a cycle, uh, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. And I just was like, is it ever going to come? And I think really it was probably like masking a lot of overtraining and underfueling that I was doing. And it was a bit of a wake up call for me. Out of nowhere, I was on a run and something twinged and next minute I was had a stress fracture and I was on crutches for three months and it was like the worst three months of my life <laughs> so that was actually in my the female neck as well which is the hip which is not a good place to get a stress fracture so yeah I thought my bone health was fine because I had my period but there was a lot of other factors going on and yeah it was was not good so it was a massive wake-up call for me and I think because I was on the period uh, on the pill I just thought that I was fine I, it just didn't, didn't really occur to me that anything was wrong and then when I did come off the pill and things weren't working that was kind of a bit of a red flag to me um when I was super young like it was that kind of it, 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 those memories of the coach sort of encouraging my skinniness and then encouraging us to like throw up our Saturday morning training sessions he was like I don't want you to be eating but I want you to be throwing up after your sessions I just think like I've coached a few girls now and sometimes like running is very can be very tied into like losing weight and I that really like makes me sad because it's kind of how I've grown up with running um but there's so many other important elements to running that's that like you know it gives you confidence it makes you feel amazing it's a good way to make friends like it's about your mental health and I'm always trying to channel those things into my, my girls I think yeah I think there's just like a lack of education around um you know what makes a runner like I've been told that I don't have a runner's body but like everyone can run like it's everyone that can run is a runner I just think it's so important like even just yeah even at work and stuff sometimes I'm talking about running and like people will be surprised that I'm a runner like they're like oh you don't look like a runner like it's still it's just something that's it still goes on and like when I'm coaching my girls I just always just want to empower them let them know that like everyone's a runner and um yeah when I grew up I literally like the, the only thing I knew was that like the best thing to do was go on the pill to like stop you getting pregnant there was no education around like 
what your cycle was, how it, how it can make you feel. Um, I used to just, you know, I'd have days, months where I'd feel pretty like rough and tired and I'd just smash through it and like be frustrated with myself that I wasn't feeling as good, even though like it was the week before I was feeling amazing and I had no idea around it. And I think that lack of education is just really harmful because girls are like pushing themselves through like insane hit workouts when actually that's like one of the worst things that they could be doing for that time of the month so I just think yeah like there needs to be more education around it at a really like young age um one of the best things I've done like in the last year was be part of the the family scholarship program working with um some younger girls and sort of just educating them around this topic and body confidence as well and and just being a part of that journey and seeing how much they changed on that journey was incredible and I just yeah I think the best thing about Femi is just being able to spread that word and and make it accessible for for as many girls and as many coaches and boys around the world as possible I've honestly got way more confident in who I am I've, I've learned to sort of like myself a lot more I think I was always punishing myself through running and like it was always a constant cycle of like underfueling, over exercising and yeah being able to have conversations around these topics as well so it's something that's so common um as well and like when I first met Esther and we had this conversation about like how we just didn't like we felt like we weren't confident running in crop tops because we were like slightly different body shapes to some of the other athletes around and even just having that conversation I never had that conversation before and it felt like kind of one of my secrets I just wasn't like the perfect runner body even though I like spent most of my life running so yeah just being able to have really open honest conversations around body image and being able to empower other girls as well in the same situation and yeah I'm also loving my the Femi run community in Sydney as well that's literally the highlight of my week every Friday morning. So I'm Lydia and I'm a Femi athlete coached by you Lydia for about nearly three years now it's been quite a journey it feels like it was only yesterday but yeah it's been nearly three years that I've joined the Femi team and I'm 41 years old ran a fair few marathons half marathons um, and decided to uh, yeah about three years ago be coached to get a different perspective on my training and I guess to learn um, I was really interested when I heard about Femi and um, you know working to your hormones and your body and understanding more I guess how I tick so um, yeah so that's that's me and I'm also a coach so I coach um, a small group in Melbourne and I do some personal coaching with uh, people in Melbourne as well so that keeps me busy and I'm also a teacher so I'm a PE teacher. And you're a mum. I don't know how and you, I'm a mom. <laughs> you do everything which is crazy but I've learned more about my body in the last three years than I've known my whole life and I've been in the running circles for a long time. I started running um, pretty much after my son was born. Um, and, um, you know, I thought I knew, I, you know, I knew a lot about running, but I didn't know a lot about me as a female runner and how my body works and how I can use, you know, my my cycle and my hormone levels to my advantage I never knew any of that and as I said I've been around running for a very long time um, 
but I didn't know how to tap into that side. There's not a lot. There's a lot of general information about how to become a better runner, but there's nothing, there wasn't a lot, well, from what I could see about females and how to tap into that. And I always used to think, and I think I said this to you, Liz, once I said, oh, I don't know why, but I run better on my on my period or just after my period. And you're like, and you explained why. I was like, oh, my goodness, like, as I said, I, after all these years, it took me that long to be able to get that information. So I think it's, yeah, it's so important just to be able to know when to push and then also when to recover. That was another thing I wasn't very good at. And um, I know you would say, right, this is the time to recover. It's time to recover. It's time to slow down. It's time to rest. So being able to have that knowledge has been able to take my running to places that as I said, I've never been this, um, I don't like using the word fast, but fit and strong, I guess. Um, so I guess, you you know, as they say, knowledge is power and it really has changed not only, as I said, my, my running, but also my mindset um, around, you know, it's okay to have those weeks where we need to recover, where we need to slow it down. It doesn't matter about your pace because of where I'm at in terms of my my cycle and where my hormones are and just life in general as well taking and that's what I like about Femi it's not just a a, a program like you don't just talk to me about my sessions it's about how you might how's your mindset how's life going how's you know how's the kids um what's going on so that you can you know uh, it's a holistic approach to my training so it's not just a program it's yeah, that holistic view on it. So I think that has made been a real game changer for me. Yeah, and I'm really thankful for that. Like I see it with the girls I talk to all the time as my role as a teacher. And it's still sad to know, like, I took a class oh, about two months ago and the question I posed to them was, where's your uterus? They had no idea where their uterus was. And I'm talking about 12-year-old girls who a lot of them would be very close to having their period or already have their period. And I was, I tried not to have the face, but I was shocked to, like they pointed to their tummies. And as I said, this is 12-year-old girls in Australia who don't know their bodies and how they work. So I think it's so important that, um, I guess coaches, but just in general, that there is the more we talk about it, the more information is out there. Like as I said, I was a, a you know when we first got started together, what was I thirty nine, and I didn't know half the things I know now in three years. That's because I didn't have access to information. If there's no information there, we sort of can't blame that. You know, we have girls not knowing where their uterus is at 12. In, in Australia, this is Australia. We're not talking about a third world country. And that's why I'm sort of really vocal about the fact that this is important, not just for me as a coach, but as a mother. You know, I didn't know this and I've got a daughter. Like, it's so important that the information is more accessible. Um, as I said, not just as a, um, a coach, but as a mum, as a female, um, to have that information accessible and not just, um, you know, not even just in the running circle really, it's just in, in general that we have girls who don't know really important information. So 
I think the work that FEMI is doing is so vital. The more people and the, the FEMI theory really excites me as a mum, as a teacher, as a coach, because you're giving that information out, not just, you know, your athletes when we have our conversations, when we're when you're coaching me, Liz, but able, you know, our male coaches out there to be able to have access to this information you know, mums, fathers, anyone can access this information. I think that's important for the next generation of girls. It's just having that knowledge. Knowledge is power. And as I said, I always felt like I needed to go hard all the time. If I wasn't going hard all the time, um, I wasn't training and I wasn't um, doing my best. So I've learnt that um for me to be in this game for a long time, and I want to do this for a long time because I love running, uh, longevity means a holistic approach to training. And I never sort of had that even as a coach. Um, it was always about the, the stats and the, the pace and things like that, which is important, but it was that holistic approach. And I sort of have take that, taken that into the way I talk to, especially my female athletes. I'll say, how's your week going? How's work? How's, you know, how you feeling and things like that because that's just as important as what's written down on that program in terms of your warm-up and your session and things like that. And, um, yeah, so for me, I love running and longevity was is key to it, to be able to do this for as long as I can. And Femi's taught me that. Femi's taught me that it's, you don't have to go hard all the time, that there's a holistic approach to training, um, which includes, you know, your mindset and your your fueling and and also confidence. Like we've had this conversation many a times. Like I would never, ever, ever have worn a crop top. Um, I'm 41 and I only did it for the first time <laughs> um, at my last race, and I and I didn't care. Like I felt so strong, and because. When you hear, when you've got a community behind you who are constantly feeding positivity into your, your pro, not so much your program, but your life, you sort of shut out what everyone else thinks. You don't really care because you've got that positivity in, in your life. So, yeah, just I know it's something so you probably think, oh, that's so stupid. Like it's just a crop top. But for me, as I said, I've run Chicago will be my 15th marathon. Um, and I'm excited to wear a crop to one of my to a to a marathon that I've ne- as I said I would never have done that. I'm 41 years old. I never had that confidence. So sometimes it's not just about the program. It's about the community. It's about um, what kind of spoken into you in terms of um, that holistic approach to training. So that's rare too. That's as I said I've been around the running game for a, a fair fair bit of time. And um, FEMI just brings that whole holistic approach to to my training and I enjoy it. I enjoy the process. You need to enjoy the process. If not, you won't be in this for very long if, if it's a chore. So, you know, as I said, I'm one of your older athletes and if you're doing this with our younger girls, I'm excited to see what can happen with some of these girls because, you know, I've only had this for a little short time and I've seen the difference. So it's exciting to see what can happen with, other females um i'm laura nagel a run coach at femi and i guess runner for quite a few years now um yeah i think when i was younger 
about 15 or so, um, that was probably when I started to think that me being fast correlated to also making sure I was lighter as well. Um, and at the time lost my period and it was pretty common to just, I guess that assumption of, um, you know, if you've lost your period, you're fit, that's absolutely normal. Like there wasn't, that was very accepted, which is kind of crazy to think now. Um, so I guess not having the education at that point in time, wow, it was basically critical to what happened next. And yeah, obviously that led to some bad eating patterns. And I guess that sort of long-term mentality of still thinking that you needed to be lighter to run faster and although I did get my period back after two years that still kind of stuck around for quite a wee while until something just clicked after reading a book about what it actually means to feel properly as an athlete and yeah what that was when I was 29 28 that I read that so that's a lot of years from like 15 to 28 where you know you're second guessing what you're putting in your mouth trying to figure out you know how much what what fats and what and it just that was like a real mental drain on me as well so I think yeah (laughs) education is so key and I wish I had had that when I was 15. In my mind I just thought well I just got a stress fracture that's what happened it wasn't wasn't because I wasn't eating or anything like that um yeah so after two and a bit years so I got a stress fracture well, I probably had it for longer than this, but it got to that pain point where I actually cried the day before NCAA cross country nationals, which would have been my first one. And we were quite, you know, highly ranked as a team. And I was one of the top runners on that team and I couldn't run because I, my foot was in so much pain. (laughs) I mean, not only just for the physiology side of it and, and I guess the science, but I think mentally, like the fact that it took me until 28 to feel okay that you know I've just been on a holiday and haven't run as much and I can still eat what I want to eat and not worry about it (laughs) I think just that's kind of one of those things where I used to like stress about it and it'd be like oh no I haven't run today so I definitely can't eat this much or oh I haven't run as much as I did the day before so need to restrict need to restrict when actually those are the times that you can probably eat the same if not more (laughs) um so I think although yeah like I said obviously um the science behind it and making sure I was eating to fuel um but ultimately mentally was probably just as important if not more important to have that sort of impact I think what's been really interesting is as I've started coaching and applying this with my athletes I've started to apply it a lot more for myself as a runner too. So it's kind of come full circle. So it's kind of like that thing where, you know, you have to actually practice what you preach for yourself. (laughs) And that has been a huge, huge help, just especially with rest and recovery and actually listening to my body. So um, that's been a really influential part of what I've been doing recently. So, yeah. I like, you know, sometimes you second guess yourself, but I'm like, no, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, So I think, yeah, I guess adding that confidence on top of all the years of now learning from my mistakes um, myself. So, yeah, I think that's been a big part of it, too. Uh, My name is Tegan Baxter and I'm a Femi athlete. I think previously I assumed that all progress would be 
really linear and that every day I should just be getting better and better. And when I felt like there were times in my training that I was plateauing or not seeing the progress that I wanted, that it was some sort of failing on my part. <laughs> and um, yeah, I guess that that I was doing something wrong or that I wasn't kind of capable of making the progress that I wanted to make. And when I felt, you know, when I had times during my training that I felt fatigued or lethargic, uh, that this wasn't normal <laughs> and that I needed to train harder and to do more. I think that's probably, yeah, the main impact from lack of education. My relationship with my body and how I approach exercise is completely different. I'm much more, I've learned to be much more gentle with myself um, and to be more forgiving. And it seems counterintuitive, but I think that's kind of, that that has given me the ability to push so much harder um, than I have been able to in the past. Um, I've learned that I'm capable of so much more than I ever would have thought. I never would have thought I would be running in and continuing to train for ultra running events. It's crazy. It's so cool though. <laughs> um, yeah. And I've learned so much about my female physiology. I have an intimate understanding of when I can expect to feel really high energy and push hard. And when I know that I'm going to find um, training hard in the days that I yeah do just need to be more kind to myself. Yeah. I've learned to have a positive and healthy relationship with exercise. And that isn't something that I had before. Um, yeah, so growing up, um, I was sort of a late bloomer and my mum got a bit worried about it. So, you know, she took me to the doctors and I guess um, I wanted to go as well because, you know, all my friends around me were developed and developing and I sort of just felt like a kid. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of like really impacted my confidence for a while there. Um, and it just, yeah, this lack of education and not knowing that it's actually not just your confidence that can take a knock, but also um, the damage you can do to your body if you don't fully allow yourself to develop through those teenage years. Um, that really, um, that yeah, lack of knowledge and not knowing that is, um, was massive, I think, for me when I was younger and um, just having, having if I had had the knowledge to sort of pull back a bit on training and stop overtraining so much um, or had a cycle that would have probably gone missing with um, the amount of training I was doing, then I think I would have definitely not had so many injuries and illnesses and things like that later on in life. Um, yeah, I've learned a heap. So, um, I never, I used to track my cycle, but never sort of took into account, um, how my performance changed, um, throughout my cycle. I think I just sort of hoped that races would fall at the right time. And I didn't know that there were things you could do to help the every stage of the cycle, you know, whether that's getting a few more carbs on board if you're in that late luteal phase before a race or um, just managing different symptoms with supplements like omega-3 and 
um, changing your nutrition to suit where you're at at your cycle has really, really helped me to be able to be more consistent in how I perform and not have to worry about big competitions or big races falling on phases where I and maybe my energy is not as great. Um, so that's been good. And also another thing was just noticing um, different how I felt like my body confidence changes a lot throughout my cycle. And I didn't realize that for a long time. And so I would get to the week before my period starting and just be confused as to why, like I felt good about myself a week before, but now I'm like questioning all sorts of things. Am I doing the right training and fueling my body right? But um, it really is, for me, it comes down to just a mood change with, um, with hormones. And that's been massive because now I can almost just put that aside and put it down to what phase I'm at in my cycle and just sort of keep that confidence consistent. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Femi Pod and thank you to our community for coming on and chatting today. If you want to learn more about Femi Theory, our education course, head to our website femi.co for details and to sign up to become Femi Theory accredited. But in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at femi.co and we'll be back next week.